Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. We're so thankful that you chose to listen to this message. To get more connected with us, you can look us up on all social media at CLC Victoria and download our app. Now, here's this week's message. Now give the Lord one strong hand clap of praise here to Sunday morning. Somebody shout, talk to me, Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, get ready, God's fixing to speak. And after you've done that, you can be seated. It is, it is probably one of the most exciting topics I've ever taught about. Um, I'm not going to go through and break down the structure and identity of every angel and they put it in this category. I'm not going to speak of cherubims, seraphims, warring angels, messaging angels, um, messengers from God. I, I'm really just going to talk about how angels respond to you how angels respond to you because most people don't realize that whether you know it or not there are angels that are working for you on God's behalf all the time all the time and most people don't really think about that topic and the truth is is because sometimes we have an awareness to know that we worship God and nothing else and so we don't want to acknowledge angels at times because some people, you know, they, they just, they're fearful that they may put priority on that. I've heard people say, uh, we don't worship angels. Well, we know we don't worship angels. You know, I've seen some of you, I've seen people, people with pictures of angels in their homes and statues of angels and, you know, some, you have little muñecos, just little, what I think they're called, little, little dolls of angels. Whatever. People love angels. They're a sign of security, sign of safety, sign of just being safe and feel like you're being watched over. A sense of security. But we need to go beyond just what our imagination or what our creativity would bring as far as the revelation of what these beings really were made for. These are spirit beings that God created. These spirit beings are not like you and I in the sense that they can never be redeemed. They can never be redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ like you and I can. They don't have souls just like you and I in the sense of knowing what it feels like to have the, the love and the forgiveness of God in our life and the mercy and the grace of God. You and I, the Bible says, were just there at that order of creation, made second unto God in the likeness of His image, in the likeness of His his deity. You and I have the same kind of characteristics. When angels begin to respond to our lives, it's based on the God in you, not necessarily you. Angels were meant to obey the voice of God, to fulfill the word of God, to do the will of God. And I believe that so many times we come and encounter things in our life that we don't even know it was God's angels. I know there's a number of people here today that I can get stories from. There's a number of people here today that I could ask you. You have stories. 
But, but I chose a person to come up here and share their story. And I want Koi Slavic to come up. And I want him to give a testimony about how he's experienced this in his life. Thank you, Pastor. Um, Hebrews 13.2 says, this is the NIV, Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. Um, when I was a baby Christian, that verse really didn't mean that much to me. Uh, but i got to tell you now, it, it, it really does. I'm going to tell you why. Uh, back in the 1980s, I used to have to travel a lot. I used to have to go far distances and drive in the middle of the night. Um, one night, I was calling my way back from Waco. And uh, how many of you guys have made that drive from Waco down 77 down to Victoria? It's like, what? It's like, Victoria, I see you. You're there somewhere, but you just get where? It just it seems like it takes forever. And it's a straight shot. And many times I've driven that, and I've like just about fallen asleep because it's almost like like hypnotizing because you're just going straight. All you see are those lines, and just. But anyway, I'd made it as far as to Giddings, and I just could not stay awake. It was about about midnight, and uh, so I was decided, you know what? I'm just going to pull aside over here. I'm going to go to this convenience store. I'm going to pull in here. I'm going to just take a nap, a little power nap, you know, because I just there's no, you know, I, this is the first time it's ever happened to me. Usually I could eat sunflower seeds or whatever to stay awake. This time, nope, didn't work. But I had a praying wife at home, and uh, uh, I, had, I, I had her praying. This is before cell phones or anything, so I couldn't call her and tell her, hey, I'm going I'm to stay here for a while and, and take a power nap. But anyway, as right as I pull into that, into that parking lot there, that convenience store, you know, I, I look at my side mirror, and I see this man walking behind me uh, approaching my car. as a tall African-American man, looked like he was homeless, had a dog walking behind him. And anyway, he walks up to my car, and I'm going, oh, no, what am I, what's going on now? You know, do I just like put this thing in reverse, get out of here? What, what do I do? But anyway, he comes over, he taps on my window, and you know, I roll it down really slowly. And uh, he just looks at me, he says, brother, you got some change? I'm hungry. I said, well, let me see, let me see what I got here. I looked at my wallet, all I had was a $5 bill. I said, hey, this is all I got, all I got is a $5 bill, but you got to promise me one thing. And he said, what's that? I said, you can't go in there and just buy alcohol with it. And he just started laughing a little bit, you know, and I said, all right, don't worry about it. And then uh, before he left, though, he put his hand on my arm, and I went, okay, it's kind of freaky. And then he started praying in a heavenly language, and I went, and I was a Baptist boy at that time. I didn't, I didn't understand what praying in tongues was all about. But all I know is that he was praying over me in, in a heavenly language, and he just walked away, and then he and the dog went into the store, and I'm sitting there, I'm going, okay, what just happened here? I didn't really fully understand it, of course. But anyway, you know, I'm, I'm about to, you know, I'm thinking about it, and I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to go in there and get a cup of coffee. So I walked in there to get a cup of coffee, you know, expecting to see that guy and the dog, you know, there in the store with me. And uh, I walk up to the counter with my coffee and say, hey, what, what happened to that guy, the big tall guy that was out there with the dog? I just saw him walk in here. He said, sir, you're the first customer that's come in here in two hours. I went, I went, what? So all the way on the ride home, I had a praying wife. And I, I believe that God, God sends ministering angels, especially when you pray protection over your family when you're yes. traveling. I had a praying wife at home, and, I, and I, I know for a fact that that was a ministering angel, and I did not blink the rest of the ride home. My eyes were wide open. Yeah, and I think, I think what would have happened had I just ignored the guy, and, had just, I, and, and God has spoken to my heart many times about that, and he said, and, and I have to think, I may not have made it home. I may not have made it home. And this is before we had children. This is before we, when we were praying for children. We've been praying for children for years and years and years. Well, let's, go, let's flash forward to just five years ago. Uh, Caleb was Caleb fell ill. He had a collapsed lung. We had to take him to the hospital here in Victoria. They couldn't do anything for him. He required surgery, so we had to take him to Texas Children's Hospital in Houston. 
He wound up having surgery there, wound up being there for a month. And Ophemia was there every hour of every day there with him. I made it back and forth from Victoria to Houston as much as I could. Anyway, um, he had just had his surgery, but his lung would not close. It, would, it, it was still had a small little blip in it and a leak in it, and he had to, he had to have help uh, with machines to, to keep it working properly. Anyway, uh, Ophemia and I were sitting in, 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 the, in his hospital room. Caleb was laying in his bed, and uh, this janitor walks in there, a maintenance guy, mopping the floor, sweeping the floor, dumping the trash. He was a short, uh, he had a Jamaican accent. That's the main thing I remember most about him. And he would walk in there, he had these long dreads. He, he looked like Bob Marley. Every time he'd walk in there, I, I could hear the reggae music in the background almost as he'd walk in there. But he would, he would come in there and say, hey, how are you doing? And, and then one day when he came in there, he just, he, all of a sudden, just kind of surprised us. He just stopped there by Caleb and just put his hand on, on Caleb's body and started praying in the spirit. And at this time, we didn't know what praying in the spirit was all about we'd been going to this church for quite a while and we had understood what he was doing and so it was like okay all right and we said you know thank you thank you so much thank you so much well anyway two days later caleb was healed um we were we were rejoicing it was just like oh man it's being there a month we finally were able to take caleb home we we're packing up all these things we went to the nurses over there and we said you know what we want to thank you thank you so much you know for what you guys did to us i mean we, get, we got to know them on a first name basis uh we even had opportunities to pray for him god was using ophemia in there in a mighty way with those nurses uh, anyway, we said, and, and we want to we, we want to uh, say thanks and, and you know to the to the, our maintenance guy who would come in there and dump our trash. You know, the one with the dreads. You guys know where I'm going with this, right? Uh, the guy with the dreads and the Jamaican accent. And they said, "Who are you talking about?" Like, you know, the little short guy with the dreads. You know, and you know he comes in there and cleans up. You know, he came in there just about every other day. You know, and there's nobody here where, by that description. There's nothing but women in here on this floor. You know, so so we knew what God was up to there too because people were praying a lot of you were praying and when you pray it just it just it just puts these angels into action well anyway it's not over yet uh, back in July pastor and I were praying for some uh, people here members of the church here uh, who were in citizens hospital and one of the families started talking about uh, how that they believe that a ministering angel came into their hospital room and prayed for them and prayed with them and that made me think, it was like, wow, okay. And as I was walking and leaving the hospital, I got in my car. And then, you, how many of you guys, have, you know, God speaks to me in, in my car. You know, most of the time when I'm not driving. Because if I'm driving and he speaks to me, I may have trouble. But I was just about to start the car to back up. And God just said, you know what? He said, those angels that I've sent into your life, I sent them for a reason. He said, if I hadn't sent that angel to you there in, in Giddings, you wouldn't be here right now. And if you weren't here, right, if you hadn't have been here, you wouldn't have any children. And if that angel hadn't come there, who knows what, what would have happened you know, with Caleb. We, we, we don't know. It was touch and go. He says, but, but he, he, just, he just encouraged me, just continue praying. And if a stranger walks up to you, you know, uh, I, I, even, even after this, I, I wonder how many times have I turned away an angel and not even known it. You know, when, when I just my patience with somebody at the grocery store or somebody asks me for something, I just blow them off or whatever. What, maybe, maybe I just missed a blessing there, you know. Uh, and, and so it, it just makes you think. It just makes you think. But always just uh, just know, you know, that, that that prayer works. And that when you're in any situation, you know, if, if uh, somebody walks up to you and, and, and they appear to be a stranger, they appear to be strange, you know, just as Hebrews 13:2 says, just show them some hospitality, show them some love, and uh, you'll, you'll, you may find out something, you know, of great blessings in store. Yeah. Now, some of you may be wondering, how do I know if it's an angel or not? Well, if they ask for your social security number, it's not an angel. <laughs> not an angel. 
They're all over the Bible. It's all over the Bible. In the book of Acts, when Paul was fixing to make shipwreck, and he, he was really in dire straits with all the rest of the crew that were on the ship, and then all of a sudden, he, during the night, he has a, he has a visitation. He says the angel, the angel of the Lord came and told him and gave him a message and said, if you stay on the ship, everything's going to be okay, and you'll make it to land. So Paul gets out there, and he starts talking to the rest of the crew and told them what God had told him through the angel. Whenever the, the apostles were in prison, it was through their praise and through their worship that an angel would show up and open up the prison doors, lead them out of prison. When Joseph was in, in a place or in a predicament in his life where he was fathering, being the parental guidance for Jesus as a baby, he was instructed by an angel in his dreams to leave, leave Bethlehem. Go to Egypt. Leave Egypt. Go to Nazareth. Stay in Nazareth. Wait a while. That whole process took 12 years because at the age of 12 they go back to Jerusalem. And then there is where Jesus is found in the synagogue at the age of 12. So for 12 years angels were guiding him. You'll find it all over the scripture so many times. Angels would show up. When Joshua was about to go into the promised land, an angel showed up, gave him instruction. He told him, be strong and be of good courage. But he said one thing to him that was so significant to his success, and which was in the scripture he called it, good success. And that was, just don't let this word of the Lord depart from your mouth. Just don't let it be negative words that come out of your mouth. Don't speak contrary to what I've given you in this word. Every promise belongs to you. Whether you feel like it or not. Whether you're the only one really living strong for God, it doesn't matter. One with majority, one with God is majority. It just takes one person to see God moving in your family and in your life. Good success is based on being in the will of God. Angels have always been a part of God's plan. In the scripture, they're called servants, sons of God. They're metaphorically at times, they're, you know, mentioned as stars. We are not created in the likeness of an angel. You and I were created in the likeness of God. And so when angels begin to respond to our help, they're responding to the God likeness inside of us. It's the order of creation. God has called them to be servants. He's called them to come and to assist us. So many times in the scripture, you'll find it. But it's so important to understand the process and how they work in their life, how they work in our life. Let me simply tell you that I've heard so many people say so many times that you're supposed to command angels. But there is no biblical context for that. Jesus commanded angels because he was God in the flesh. But the scripture does teach that they respond to the voice of God. And they respond to the God's, God's will and God's commandments that come out of our life. So angels are watching over you right now. How many of you love Jesus right now? Really, how many of you can honestly say, I love him? 
go put a bumper sticker on your car then. I'm just joking. <laughs> ah, just joking. You, you live for God and you respond by action. Actions speak louder than words. And you're here today because you love Jesus. And you set your affection on Him. Every time you worship, you're worshiping and your heart is being transformed to the likeness of His heart. We come to church to, to come corporately together to receive something from the Spirit of God to become more like Him. Where two or three are gathered in His name, there He is right in the middle. And He shows up so He can show out and show off. But more than trying to prove something by miraculous events or miracle signs and wonders, miracle signs and wonders are there to confirm this word. And I believe in all of them. And I believe in all the nine gifts of the Spirit. I believe in all the fruits of the Spirit. I believe in everything that God wants to do. When, it, when I read this Bible, I believe that all ten plagues were for real in that book to bring, to bring them out of Egypt, God's people. I believe that he turned water into wine. I believe that he opened up the blind eyes. I believe the lame walked again. I believe Lazarus after four days of being dead and, and he stinketh. I believe God brought him back out of the grave. There's nothing, nothing in this world that, that, you can, that can prove me or touch my faith to convince me otherwise. God is real. God is able. But there's an order and there's a structure and there are things that God has placed in this kingdom to, for you and I and for our benefit. And one of those things is angels. Angels are watching. Angels are watching. Number one, I want to tell you the first point is angels carry out God's word. That's what they do. They are servants to the Most High God. And they, they are there to fulfill God's purpose. So many times that you and I get caught in problems and we don't see God move is because we haven't said anything to... Are you ready? We haven't said anything out of our mouth to activate the help that God has given us. We have not given our angels an assignment... Well, let me just clarify this just for a moment. I don't know if you know this or not, but every single person in this building has one or more angels. I've said this story before. I've said this once, but maybe if someone hasn't heard it. When I always believed in angels, when I read the Bible, but God gave me a, 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 just a, an experience one time that just rocked my world. And I remember driving down the road, and I had a man of God, a guy who operated in, in a prophetic office, just called me, and, and he called me while I was driving down the road, and we were talking. And he started praying for me while we were right there by Grandy's and Venturas. And, and when he was talking to me, he told me, he said, Pastor, God's, God's going to use you to build a great church. And, you know, lifted up my faith and so forth. And while he was talking to me, I felt this, I felt, I felt the Spirit of God. But I felt this presence with me in the car. And now it's my spirit I knew it wasn't just God, it was a being that was there with me. I didn't know if it was one or two or three, I just knew that there was something there and every hair on my, um, I had hair back then, and every hair on my head and my back and 
Everyone else just kind of stood up. It felt like static all around me. And it felt like something was there. And all of a sudden, while we were driving down the road, and he was praying for me, I felt this hand impression on my head, just like somebody's hand that was there. Then I felt somebody put their hand right on my heart. And I was driving down the road, and he's this, this man of God, while he was praying for me, he told me, he said, son, he said, to confirm that God has given you help, he said, God has given you five angels to help you build that church. He said, and two are with you right now in that car. And he's, God is my witness. This man said, one has his hand on your head, the other one has his hand on your heart. So I pulled over and had revival. <laughs> and that's a good time to have revival, right? So I pulled over to the first empty parking lot I can find. I just put it in park. And I stayed there long enough until I felt that reassurance and that confirmation. And felt the identity of me being a citizen or a child of God come into myself and my being. And just simply agreed. Just simply agreed with what I heard and what I have read what I've seen in the scripture. Let me, let me help you clarify something here to help you understand how these beings begin to work in your life. Remember, we don't worship these, these beings, we, we, but we have to understand how it works. And I'm going to show you and teach you how to see angels begin to work in your life, and it's not hard. And you do not have to command them. They are ready they're, they're watching you. Some of your angels are sitting on the sidelines waiting to get in the game. I want to show you with the scripture how to get them off the bench. Are you ready? Psalms 103 and 20. Read this. Read this with me. Psalms 103 and verse 20. If you can throw it on the screen. Here we go. Bless the Lord, David wrote. The writer says here in the psalm, Bless the Lord, you, his angels, who excel in strength. Angels are powerful. They're strong. Who do his word. Heeding the voice of his word. Heeding the voice. In other words, they are listening to the voice and the instruction of God. But notice when he said there, he said, heeding the voice of his word. Not identifying just with his voice alone, but the voice of God that works through anyone. Anyone. Jesus said, my sheep, they hear my voice and they would not listen to another. We know the voice of God. Sometimes it comes in impressions. Sometimes it comes by leading and sometimes he puts impulses. Just, just we know and identify with it because there's peace there. There's confirmation, but never, ever will they ever contradict this word right here. And so whenever we begin to say what we say and respond to problems... Or we're in a difficult circumstance. Whatever it may be, whatever the trouble may be, even if you don't feel like you're in trouble, but maybe it's just relational. Maybe it's relationships. Maybe you have conflict in your marriage or conflict in your family, co-workers, whatever it might be. 
We pray that God's angels would be here, but we also just pray and worship Him. And as He said, He God said He dwells among the praises of His people. So that's Scripture. So we don't really have to necessarily speak that more than we have to just simply do that. Right? So sometimes it's not a matter of quoting the Scripture. It's a matter of living the Scripture. And so... When we respond to every problem and circumstance, we are going to respond and feed it with what comes out of us. We will either have fire or we'll put out the fire. Some of us are firefighters, right? We go around putting fires out all the time. Some of you go to try to put out a fire, you just make it worse. Can I tell you why? John Maxwell said it like this. He said, you're always going to carry two buckets in your hand your entire life. One bucket will have water, the other bucket's going to have gasoline. And you choose what you put on the fire or the drama or the conflict. And by your words, you can make matters worse, or by your love and your peace and your wisdom and counsel, and just by reserve, reserving yourself, you can just calm down the situation. Well, in the presence of God, when God begins to work in your life, the Bible says, from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. This is why we encourage everyone to get filled with the Spirit of God. To get filled with His Spirit. Uh, listen, here's the good news about being filled. It's not like going up to the gas station and, and seeing $50 only getting 10, 10, 10 gallons of gas. God's Spirit is free. And you just have to let Him fill you up. And you can have as much as you want. But that's what it takes to keep going the distance. And many times when we respond to circumstances, it's going to be what's in the heart. So people release negativity. They release complaining. Oh, I know. There's something good that happens, and there's always a but. But. I know but. We know about the buts. I mean, we know about all the what-ifs. We understand that anything can happen. But in order for something to keep on happening good at biblical, in biblical proportions, you have to begin to respond with biblical response. And agree by faith, folks. See, faith is valuable when you're facing fear, when you're facing worry, when you're facing uh, trouble, when you're facing things that don't even look like it's going to come to pass. And, and not, everybody may not be in agreement with you, but again, you and God are majority. You have to start believing this. And there are angels that will help you, but they are waiting for you to say the right words. They're waiting for you to respond with this word right here. They're waiting for you to say things like, you know what, that's okay. All things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. I have a calling in my life. I've been called by God. I've been called to be a son, number one. I've been called to be a lover of him, number, you know, number, really number one. But what's your response to these things? Angels are here to fulfill and carry out the word of God, not your opinions. Catch this now. Angels are there watching because, listen, they are, they are, their assignment is to watch over you. 
Again, there are different types of angels. The reason why we are talking about this subject today is because in the, in, let me tell you something, in the world we are living in right now, and I believe we're living in the beginning of the end time. We're living in the end times, folks. Just, 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 just get over that. It ain't going to get any better. I hate to tell you that. You've always prayed for revival. How many of you prayed for revival for years? Revival only happens when there's a little bit of fire. Or somebody starts a fire. Right? The fires, a lot of fires have been burning, but it's a strange fire. But God's waiting for his fire to burn. And it doesn't burn until God's people start it. But we we'll only start it when we need fire. When do you start fire? Most of the time you're out and you're a survivalist for all of our survivalists out there. If you start a fire, it's because you're going to cook something. If you start a fire, it's because you're cold and you need to be warm. Or you start a fire because you need light in places there is no electricity. Candles. Whatever. But it's always up to the individual whether they want it or not. And if you want to see God respond to your circumstance, you have to put into practice practical things that will lead to spiritual experiences. Don't complicate it. Keep it simple. Fall in love with this word. Start reading it and believing it to let God prove himself through it. Make it your daily dose of encouragement. Now, besides all of that, here's what happens. Angels are looking over you right now and they will not respond. They will not respond to a bad attitude. Bad attitudes keep angels on the bench. Some of y'all need to write this down. It's just good stuff, boy. Bad attitudes keep angels on the sidelines. Fear. Speaking fear and worry keep angels at bay. Did you know faith is still, I mean, uh, fear is still faith? Fear is faith in reverse. Identifying your problem for what it is. And, you know, sometimes people say, I'm a realist. Well, you know what? I am too, but I'm also filled with faith. And I believe and call those things that are not as if they are. To see circumstances change. Before anything happens in the natural, it first happens in the supernatural. Before God ever created the earth and you saw, he saw trees, dry land appear, he said first, he said, let there be and there was. Even God himself had to speak it and before it existed. And this is no different. And if we are in the likeness of God, that principle applies to us. And so now angels are there, and they're watching. And you have to be careful with the words that you speak. This is why Jesus said, if you just speak to the mountain and it will be removed, it's not you and I who do the work. It's the angels that come in and move those mountains out of the way on behalf of God. They're powerful. They're powerful. But they're there to implement the work of God. I want to read you something. Uh, I'm going to move on very quickly. Point number two, angels fight for you. Angels fight for you. This is what happens. 
in Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. Watch this. Daniel chapter 10, verse 12. Then he said to me, the angel said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand, that's the key, that's the key for watching angels activated in your life. To activate an angel, to, to see them work on God's behalf for your purpose and your destiny, is, is to set your heart to understand. Stay open-minded. Always be a student. Don't feel like you have ever arrived. Don't let pride step into your life and you can't receive instruction from anybody. I'm telling you here today that you've got to be a student and know that anyone can teach you anything. You can, hey, listen, you don't have to eat everything everyone gives you. You can choose and you can spit out what you don't like. But I'm telling you, it's being humble, being meek. But towards God, setting a heart to understand more. So you have to have that sense of, I want to know more about you, God. I want to understand more about you. And it sets you in a position to receive. And, and he says it right here. And to humble yourself. From the first day, Daniel, that you set your heart and that you humbled yourself before your God, your words were heard. That's when your words were heard. When you had a humble heart. When you had a teachable spirit. See, God can never change anybody if they're not teachable. Be teachable. Be humble. And God can begin to instruct you. I have found that in brokenness, God speaks to me the most. In brokenness. And you don't have to try to go and break yourself. Who does that? Fasting breaks you. That's one way of brokenness. But the truth is, listen guys, live long enough, you'll find some circumstances that will break you. But see, out of that breaking, when the breaking happens, that's where the anointing flows out. That's where things begin to happen. And you see the true self, who you really are, and who God really meant for you to be. For in your, in your, in your weakness, you're made strong, the Bible says. You can do all things through Christ who, Christ who strengthens you. And so he said, that's when your words were heard. And I have come, this is powerful, I have come because of your words. That's what the messenger angel said. I have come because of your words that came out of your mouth. And Daniel, because he had a heart of understanding, he was trying to understand God. He was seeking counsel from God. And what came out of his mouth pertained to what was here. What, uh, what kind of ever knowledge he had of God. But that's when God began to respond to him. And God sent an angel. But the prince, listen to this now. This is, this is pretty interesting. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael... Now he's speaking of another angel. See, there are different angels. This was a messenger angel that came to Daniel telling him these things. He had a message to carry. He was just a messenger. But he said, the prince of Persia came and withstood me 21 days. So I called on Michael. Oh, Mikey. When I'm in trouble, I just give him a call. I've got a brother named Michael. He's got every tool on the face of the earth. When I get in trouble, I call Michael. Uh, you know, but, but, but God, God already had this all planned out 
There's order. There's, there's just, just angels that do what they do best. And Michael is the chief warring angel. One of the chief princes who withstood him. But Michael, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. For I had been alone there with the kings of Persia. With these principalities. But all I had to do was call them the warring angels. Now, watch this. Because of what came out of Daniel's mouth, a messenger was sent to him. And because the messenger was withstood, then an, a warring angel, Michael the archangel, came and fought the battle for Daniel. Fought for him. So there was a war going on in the supernatural. Do you understand this? Am I painting the picture right for you? There was a war with angels behind the scenes. Fallen angels and God angels. Kingdom angels. And there was a conflict. Daniel was just in a waiting period. He needed a word from God. needed an answer. He needed wisdom. It takes wisdom to build. Sometimes God doesn't just work a miracle. Sometimes God gives us the answers to make the right decisions. And so either way, whatever Daniel needed, it was because there was a war going on and God was winning, all because of the words that came out of Daniel's mouth. How many battles have we lost because of the wrong words? But how many battles can be won because of the right ones? That's what you have to ask yourself right now. Can I speak to the business owners of this? How many business owners do we have here, entrepreneurs? Can I speak to you right now? Can I tell you something? If you want to see things change around your business and things turn around, they may not happen right away. But if you'll start speaking God's word and promises in your life, start living for God and start paying God tribute of everything that happens and put God first. If you'll just start being, listen, if you'll start being instructable, teachable, humble, and let your words become aligned with this word. Jesus will be your CEO. That ought to be some good news for all the business owners. I'm telling you. Jesus would be your CEO. And he'll come in. He'll make things happen. He'll open up doors and opportunities for you. But you have to fight for it. You do. Don't think it's just going to happen, folks. That's the deception in the church world. That's the deception. I believe. Do you really believe? Open your mouth. Say, ah. Let me see what's in your heart. Do you really believe? Then speak it. You really believe you're believing for rain for a great harvest and start tilling the ground. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. And he said he would cause it to rain again and he would heal their land, forgive their sins and cause there to be production. Produce. I got a sermon I'm getting ready to preach to y'all soon. I'm going to give you a little bit of a glimpse of it right now. It's a powerful sermon or just an, a, a stories that I've got to share with you. I found out not too long ago that there are certain towns that had revival 
that certain towns, certain towns, and, and there was one in Mexico. There was one in Mexico. I think it was Guatemala. And there was a town there. A preacher went in there. A missionary went there. And there was no believers. But when this preacher went there, he started preaching Jesus Christ. And people started to repent. People started turning their hearts towards God. And every, the Bible, uh, the, the Bible, the story said that the, the, the people who'd been there, it was on the news. They, that, that city, God started to bless because all of them became Christian. It became a Christian town. Listen to this. They didn't go and try to do anything special to the ground. All of a sudden, they started growing crops. They had carrots the size of your forearm. You don't believe me, do you? I'm going to let you go look it up. Go look it up. It's on, it was on the news, but nobody talked about it. You know why they didn't talk about it? Because they told the news reporters, when they asked them, how did you get your carrots to get the size of your arm, cabbages to be as big as your head and upper body? Cabbages. All of them. Watermelons. Everything started growing at astronomical, and in, into in sizes. Ginormous sizes. Beyond average. And this is what they told the reporters. The mayor of that city said, honestly, we believe it's because of God. We turned our hearts towards God and God started blessing us. I'm not going to tell you when I'm going to preach that sermon and show you the slides so you keep coming every Sunday. <laughs> Angels will fight for you. God will bless you when we align ourselves with him. Don't tell me and come to me every single time and tell me, man, I'm tired of this. This is going on in my life and they keep treating me this way. Hold on a second. Every single time there's not a good report coming out of your, you got to, at some point in your life, you're going to have to determine that you're going to let God start fighting your battles for you and let God take all, care of all these issues and things in your life. You know, the Bible says when a man, when a man's ways please the Lord, he says he makes his enemies to be at peace with him. You want to turn your enemies into friends or get them out of the way? Make and become friends with Jesus. Make him your best friend. Make him your Lord and Savior. Make him number one in your life. Make him number one. Make him the love of your life again and tell him, Lord, ha, take me back. Take me back to the place where I first believed, dear God. Let me, come on, Matthew, take me back to a place where I feel your presence. Here, here's how you see angels work in your life. Are you ready? I want you to take note of this. I'm going to give you just a couple of few hints or, or points. And I want you to remember this because it's very easy. Very easy. Number one, be consistent in reading this Bible. Now, Here's the second half to this point. Don't read it just to read it. Read it to understand more about God and how he can work in your life. Read it with purpose. So read it, be consistent every day. I'm not saying exhaust yourself and try to read an entire book in one day. No, just read one chapter. But do it with purpose. 
every single day so your heart and your, your mind can be in alignment. Then, here's the second thing. Pray every day until, listen to this now, pray until your heart burns. So important. You can do it. Listen, if you can call up your girlfriends and talk, huh? <laughs> and talk to them for an hour or 30 minutes. I'm, I don't know about you. When I was in love, boy, I called, I called my wife up, my girlfriend at that time. We talked for five hours. When you're in love, you don't mind talking to somebody you love. See, that's what makes prayer exciting. That's why you have to pray to your heart burns. Oh, I can talk. I'm talking about prayer right now. My heart's starting to burn right now. I can pray right in front of you, and I don't care if you're looking at me. I don't care what you think about me. I know that there's power in prayer. But you have to pray till your heart burns. Someone asked me one time, how do you know how long to pray? And my response to that was, pray until you can't stop praying. So you can pray all day long in your, when you're walking. Very simple. Okay, now here's the third one. Are you ready? Here's the third. Is anybody writing this stuff down? Come on. Are you texting it in your, in your phones? Because it's so important. Now this is what you do. Because you've got your mind straight and you meditate on it. But there's perfect peace whose mind is stayed on the Lord and those who trust in Him, the Bible says. And because you have a prayer life in your heart, in your spirit, in your heart where your passion that is conditioned. As you read and as you pray, you'll develop a passion. And then when you are prepared, when things come into your life, Listen, I've been guilty of speaking negative stuff. I've, when I talk about that, I'm speaking of myself as well because we are all guilty of it. All of us are, folks. There's, no, there's nobody that's got it all together. We all have our bad days. Am I right? But when you all can have a good day in Christ Jesus every day if we wanted to. Is that right? So when that moment comes, point number three, or the, th the third principle is this. Learn the art of praise. By speaking and responding what you have been digesting. In every circumstance, learn to praise Him. How do you praise? Praise is telling God who He is. Praise is telling God you honor and you trust Him. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. That's why David won so many battles. Giving you some secrets now. Some of you need to learn how to praise him. I'm just telling you, turn to somebody and look at them right in the face and tell them, you need to be a praiser. Hey, tell, look at somebody else. Look at a working man. Look at them. If you want to raise, you got to praise. Come on, if you want to raise, you got to praise. I'm telling you the truth. Some of you are trying way too hard. Some of you are trying way too hard. Your only obligation is just to love Him. 
Your only obligation and responsibility is to be a worshiper of God and a praiser of Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, if you'll pray till you feel it burn, if you'll read it until you get your mind changed, then when problems come around you, you're going to have a praise come out of your mouth. You're going to have something come out of your spirit that's going to change everything. Now watch this. And when that happens, and when that happens, there's the angel coming off the sideline, fixing to come in and do something about it because of your words that come out of your mouth. Our mission here at Covenant Life Center is to help our world live, give, and love like Jesus. If our ministry has impacted you in any way, we would love for you to email us at info at clcvictoria.org. You can get connected with us through our social media at clcvictoria and download our app.